where we will get you over the hump with what you need to know on this January 31st, 2024. And this is where we say to January, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> the wettest, too bad. The wettest January on record, though. Mm-hmm. This has been pretty doggone sloppy. And even the snow that we've had has been very wet. Been heavy. We're going to get a lot, rid of a lot of it um, because we're going to see temps up in the uh, lower 40s this evening and this and the afternoon. the sun is coming so. back, I understand, this weekend. Won't that be nice? Make us all feel a little bit better yeah. for those that uh, suffer from seasonal affected disorder. Uh, make you feel a little brighter out there. A number of things that hopefully uh, we, we don't see the fog this morning that was forecast. The fog advisory uh, is not in effect that we were expecting to be dealing with this morning. And perhaps some fog will lift in terms of what the Fed will be doing with interest rates in the future. They're going to be meeting news conference at 2.30 this afternoon. They're going to be making their announcement at 2 o'clock. Nobody expects any interest rate cuts. Nobody expects any interest rate increases. What we're hoping for is perhaps a little bit of enlightenment on what may come later this year. So all eyes on Jerome Powell and those at the Federal Reserve. Also, we're going to get an insight into what the campaigns have been spending their money on. As uh, both the former President Donald Trump and Nikki Haley will be disclosing their FEC reports, early indications are that it will show that former President Trump spent 53 million dollars campaign dollars on legal fees that's what it has cost him over 2023 to fight these uh, myriad of legal battles there's nothing illegal about it um and i think many of the donors know that they are going to donate to his legal defense fund uh but nikki haley is saying look folks every one of those dollars is a dollar that could be going to defeat democrats and it's not um, so we'll see. By the way, she apparently uh, raised $4 million very quickly after losing the New Hampshire primary, uh, that the anti-Trump forces really coalescing behind her, and that she, it looks like she's going to have more than enough money to get her through the South Carolina primary. Meantime, um, I can't imagine what these families have been going through that were uh, victims of the Oxford shooter as they listened to some such troubling testimony. Yeah, uh, the uh, during the trial... Of Jennifer uh, Crumbly, uh, her former uh, boss, uh, An- Andrew Smith, provided some some crucial insights into their interactions on the day of the tragic accident. Incident, rather, uh, Smith, who supervised Crumbly at a real estate firm, talked about their phone calls and um, their in-person conversations. She said that Crumbly texted him about a meeting with her son's counselor, attaching this disturbing image of violent drawings from her son's math worksheet. And later that morning, they crossed paths in the office and she expressed concerns about her son's well-being. Then he says as events unfolded that he heard some commotion outside in the hallway and witnessed Crumbly rushing out, reporting an active shooter at her son's school. And throughout the day, he says Crumbly messaged him about missing guns and and prompting him to advise her to contact authorities. And, And during this tense call, uh, while she was en route to the school, he said he heard sirens in the background and it just really made him know that something really serious was going on. Not only did he speak, but also uh, Nicholas Ejak, who is the former dean of students at Oxford High, he uh, testified about concerns regarding the shooter's mental health. And uh, he said he met with James and Jennifer on the morning of the shooting and expressed that he was surprised the teen was not removed from the school and also why his backpack was never searched. Now, we know the gun used in the shooting was in that backpack. When the defense asked Ejak about the shooter's response, to him holding the backpack, he testified, well, he didn't really appear to care that I was holding his backpack at all. And therefore, he said, well, I had no reasonable suspicion to search <laughs> That's the right. backpack. 
he, he, I mean, he said, well, now, if the parents had disclosed the uh, existence of a gun in the home, well, then that would have changed things. Well, what about your, your yeah. responsibility here? You're the trained professional to do threat assessments. You say you're disturbed by this young man's mental health. You're concerned about self-harm. And you don't ask the pressing question, Are there is the means of harm present in the home? So what's the defense going to say? They're going to say, well, if you have been through the threat assessment and have gone through that, why do you expect for the parent who hasn't gone through that to know what's going well, on? Well, the defense got him to say, so you didn't think he was a threat? And he said no. Right. Stunning. And how troubling for the parents to sit through that and to hear. And and, and understand, this man's not on trial. No. But he will be to some degree, uh, as will the, the school district in civil cases. Yes. And he will be asked that in a much less friendly manner. It will be more of how could you not mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. this? A little bit more hostile. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, again, I can't imagine for those families uh, to hear the instances the, the that missed all of the Right, the missed opportunities. Yeah. And we'll talk to Sean Lay at 649 from Local 4 because he's, you know, on point listening to this. In every a courtroom yeah. with those mothers and fathers. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, meantime, uh, the off season for the Detroit Lions, could it have turned out any better so no. far? No, wow. this is like the biggest free agent they could get. And Christmas that's ben in Johnson January. Wanting to run it back after interviewing with five different NFL teams and the Washington commanders sort of en route in the air coming to meet him for a second interview. Per Adam Schefter, that's the moment Ben Johnson decided he's staying in Detroit Johnson said, quote, talk to my wife about it. We came to a really good decision of, hey, you know, we're happy where we are. We love where we are. We love being in Detroit, love the people here. And then he goes on to say a lot of young coaches like to move up fast. It's not that he doesn't want to do that per se, but, quote, I love Dan Campbell. I've known him for a long time. I believe in the direction of this organization. And that was his biggest drawing point for him to come back. What, what again, does that say about Dan Campbell? People love him. Says a stu- a tons know? about Dan Campbell, but it also says something about how he feels about the guys he's working yes. with on that offense. You've got a quality group of individuals on the front line. You've got a, a very um, uh, cooperative quarterback in Jared Goff who mm-hmm. listens. They've got a great relationship. You can't find that just anywhere else. And, and then you and would those- have to build those other two teams and – that's back going to, to take back, some time. they were top five in the league for offense. He was a finalist for assistant coach of the year both seasons. Like, there's a good thing going here, mm-hmm. and he certainly thinks that. And they're predicted to be top four in the new season. Right. He thinks that this could be something, so he's coming back. Amen. Uh, welcome yes. back. And bye. But by the way, did anybody, you know, the, the old, does anybody have it better than us? Nobody. That was Tom Izzo yesterday. <laughs> it was his birthday. He got his 700 <laughs> win, yes. and it came over Michigan. Yes. 38th coach in Division One history to win 700 games. They routed Michigan 81-62. Why can't we talk to Tom Izzo today? <laughs> right, right. He'll this still be, be happy on Friday. Yeah, he'll be, he'll yeah. be happy yeah, on Friday. Be, yeah, and he did say, boy, all the former players coming back to help him celebrate his birthday and this moment and the Michigan game. And wow. the Izzo saying happy birthday to him. There's that video online. So it was a good day to yeah. be Tom Izzo. Yeah. I don't want to throw a wet blanket on it, but there's a story out of Detroit's west side that isn't getting nearly enough attention, Lloyd. Yeah, it's a tragic incident on Detroit's west side. A father of six, Harold Phillips, he's fighting for his life after being viciously attacked by a group of dogs while walking home from a bus stop on Chicago and Longacre Monday night. Now, according to his wife, 
the dogs brutally mauled him, leaving him with severe injuries. Uh, he was on his way home from a trip to the mall to prepare for an upcoming job interview. He bought him some clothes for a job interview he had the next day, and he was unexpectedly ambushed by the three dogs who escaped a nearby backyard. As they grapple with this devastating reality, the Phillips family has launched a GoFundMe campaign to cover Harold's medical expenses. They're preparing, though, to make a heartbreaking decision to take him off life support. He's on life support right now. The six children, ages 8 to 17, now facing the unthinkable of losing their father. How about the dog owner? I don't owner? know what to say. My, it's my dad. It's him. He's not supposed to die like this. He, he too strong. Now I'm heartbroken because I don't even have a father that can take care of me. Now, while the dogs responsible are in custody, questions remain about the owner's accountability in the tragic accident. Uh, he has been cited several times, guy, for um, violations. Can you say child support for the uh, rest of his life? He should. Absolutely. Not to mention whatever criminal prosecution should come down. Well, we've got Jennifer Crumbly in the dock mm-hmm. for involuntary manslaughter. What he did was just as bad. If you can't control your dogs, if you know they're vicious. Yes. This is unbelievable, this dog problem here. And it is. so preventable. It's so dumb. It, it is. And it, this is tragic. And those kids, oh. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and, positively uh, third world. And this should be a rallying moment for the community. People should be at city council today demanding yes. accountability for him, this but is, also saying this has got to stop. It's got to stop. It's too much. It's going on too much. And I fear for not just for people getting off a bus stop, walking home, minding their business, but I also fear for postal carriers. Postal carriers are in these sure. neighborhoods and stuff, and these dogs no, get they, out, you know. It, but it could have been a kid walking home. Exactly. Right. right. It could have been anybody. Yes. And therein lies this this. And, and yet, like so many things, we're not demanding enough No, in terms of accountability. When we come back, some perhaps accountability and cooperation from the nation of China. Our relations couldn't be worse, but a glimmer of hope that perhaps they will help stem the flow of precursor drugs, the building blocks for fentanyl. Will it work? We'll be talking with our Fox News correspondent next on JR Morning at 619.